Well, babe, we did it. We wrote a book. Yeah, man, it's it's actually surreal to even think about uh, that we wrote a book, had a baby, got married, not necessarily in that order. <laughs> <laughs> but the book is now available yeah. for pre-order, and we're so excited to share it with you. Oh, so looking forward to getting this book into your hands, to be in dialogue and conversation with all of you as we continue to liberate love from old imprints and codependent dynamics that keep us small, stuck, and stagnant. Yeah, you know, no matter your relationship status, this book walks you through what shaped you, why do you do what you do in relationship. It dives deep into your relationship blueprint, attachment styles, and most importantly, which is different than every other book that's ever covered codependency in the past, we explore the role of the nervous system in that. And the book is called Liberated Love. Yeah. Release your codependent patterns and create the love you desire. Go to createthelove.com slash liberated love to order your copy now. That's createthelove.com slash liberated love and get that pre-order in and you'll be able to get a free download of a meditation we created and a workbook that goes along with it. Much love and appreciation for your support. Much love. Thank you. Hello and welcome to the Mark Groves Podcast. So today you get a really special solo episode, which I'm really excited for you to hear. Recently, I was asked to give a talk to the crowd over at Almost 30, and you could check them out at Almost 30, like almost with the number 30.com. And that podcast is one of the most popular podcasts out there, and for good reason. The hosts, Krista and Lindsay, are really incredible humans and doing really incredible things. And I just had so much fun giving this talk. It's called The Permission to Evolve, and I was really just in flow. And I thought to myself, I've got to share this with my audience. I think you're going to really love it. My solo episodes tend to be the most popular, and I was definitely in the zone on this one. So I can't wait for you to hear it. And you know, wherever you listen to it, please subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss any episodes. Share it far and wide because it can inspire someone else to step into their power, their voice, their purpose, and that, of course, you know, our healing heals the world. And, you know, wherever you listen to the podcast, if you could give it a five-star review and a written review, that is super helpful to move it up the ranks to get it in more people's ears. I really appreciate that support. So without further ado, here is the talk that I gave to Almost 30 called Permission to Evolve. So first off, what's up, everybody? I'm honored to be here, honored to be trusted in this container with you. And uh, when I was thinking about channeling my inner teen, the first thing that I thought of about music that I listened to, okay, I went through this really hard breakup in grade nine. It was the first ever relationship that I was in. And relationship is tough. Uh, this is Grace, by the way. That's what it stands for. It's an Egyptian pendant. Um I, we dated for five days. So you know how they say that uh, love can't be measured in time? Well, the significance of that breakup was actually quite substantial. But you know what I listened to was uh, boys to men, end of the road. And so you'll know that how old I am, likely because of that. Uh, and I, was, I always laugh about this, that if Adele was around 
when I went through that breakup, I'm not sure that I'd be here today because Adele is fuck that takes you into some really dark places, which is good though. And that's really part of the conversation today is love as an invitation, you know, um, you know, where the title being about permission to evolve. Well, first off, you don't need permission and I certainly can't give it to you. You got to give it to you. You know, there's this moment, there's this quote from Francis Weller, who's an amazing teacher, where he says that at some point throughout our life, we have to go from seeking belonging to becoming a place of welcome. Think about that. That's that transition that we're talking about, that space that moves us from being a child or a teenager to becoming an adult. And that's not to invalidate the necessary wisdom and love and openness that uh, we can access within those things. And it's not to leave them behind, but it's actually to integrate and to move forward and to mature. And, you know, there's tons of great jokes about uh, adulting being hard and adulting is hard. Paying bills is annoying. Taking responsibility for how we love and how we show up to the world is not for the faint of heart. And listen, not everyone's going to want to do it, you know, but ultimately, why would you pursue relationship with someone who doesn't want to do that too? Now, the real question there, though, is, are you really, right? Are you really? And so I thought about what does expansion really mean, right? Like, what does it mean to expand? Well, that's right. It might be growth. And I'd love to see in the chat, what does it what does it mean to expand for you? What is, what is that? If that's a value of yours, how would you know you're living it? To allow, to discomfort, right? To let go, to remember, to have an open mind, to learn, to break down walls, change. Yeah. To move forward throughout, you know, we're always going to be afraid, right? We're always going to have fear, but it's what does fear do for us? What, what do we allow it to decide for us? Because listen, having hard conversations that you've never had, if you're like, I just don't want to be afraid of them. Well, if you've never fucking had it, how are you not going to be afraid, right? Like it's a natural response to an unlived moment to be afraid of it, right? Because it's like stepping off of a cliff and wishing and and trusting that there's still a floor there, one that is different, not one that is held by the 3D earth, but what is held by you right? By the foundation of what you create, by the values that you live by and who you decide to be. And I remember when I first wanted to start teaching about relationships and writing about them, someone said to me, you just, just leap, just leap off the cliff and you'll be caught because the universe rewards the brave, rewards when you step towards your intuitive call. But, you know, you might have had a vision before about what life is meant to be for you or what you're meant to create, or you might've had an intuitive hit that said, Hey, have that conversation, do that thing, start that business, leave that job, start that relationship, leave it, whatever it is. Say, I miss you. Say, I miss us. Say this job sucks. Say the world's fucked up. And you go to your best friend and you're like, Hey, I had this thought. I had this dream. I had this, whatever. And your best friend goes, (laughs) you did nah. And you're like, oh yeah, I guess I didn't. I guess I shouldn't do that. Or like, you might be like, hey, I'm thinking about leaving my relationship. And you go to someone and they're like, nah, like you're just afraid. You're just afraid of commitment. You're just this. And what happens is, is that is the moment that 
crazy starts, maddening. We start to go mad because we start to adopt their perspective of our life as our perspective of our life. And ultimately, that's what we're taught to do. From childhood, when you're born, you are taught as you're growing up, how do you be someone uh, who is safe in the world, which is important. That's why all of these behaviors that we pick up, like perfectionism and avoidance and anxiety in relationship, they're all survival strategies. They're so we can create safety or some sense of safety, but often it's just the illusion of safety. And, you know, Gabor Mate has this great line where he says, a lot of what we call our personality is just our adaptive strategies. And think about that. Like, I identified as being charismatic, funny, you know, all these, those were all just ways so that you couldn't see that behind the smile was fear that someone would know that I didn't have my poop in a group, that I didn't know, that that I was sad and that I was hurting and that I, that grade nine breakup shattered me. I didn't want people to see that. For many parts, the messaging that men are taught about showing emotion, but it doesn't matter your gender. You can, you can experience that message. It's valid because it's yours. Much like I said, like permission to evolve, take fucking permission, make it, be it, right? Like we're all waiting for someone to tell us, hey, it's okay to leave that relationship. It's okay to have that conversation. You can leave that job. You can pursue that dream. Hey, yeah, that's smart now. Even though you've had, however age you are, messages that told you that you should get this job, you should love like this, you should be like this, and you should act like this. And if you don't do those things, you won't get the celebration of the people around you. So ultimately, what does that say? It says that you are going to, as again, I love Gabor Monte as a teacher. He said that you have two needs as a human. One is authenticity and self-expression. And the other one is belonging. But if authenticity and self-expression threaten belonging, belonging wins. You are evolutionarily and likely familially and culturally and religiously told and programmed to abandon yourself to belong to a group. And so then this invitation of how do you evolve and be liberated through relationship, through that, because ultimately what that says is that I'm not willing to tell you the fucking truth because I'm afraid that if I tell it to you, you won't love me anymore. Well, guess what happens? I don't tell you the truth, much like I stop pursuing my dreams. I stop because I've taken your version of the world and you might've even held your love for me over my head. And so as a kid, if that's what you learn, well, then you're not adult. You, you, the fear is if I don't get safety and love from this parent, then I don't eat. I don't have fucking shelter. I don't have safety. So that follows us, right? It follows us to this place where we get to where we're like, I want to tell you how I feel about the world today. I want to tell you how I feel about how you're showing up. I want to tell you all about that, but I won't because I'm afraid that if I do, you will leave me. But in the moment of doing that, I leave myself. Do you see that? Like in order to belong, the exchange that occurs is you no longer belong to yourself. Look, I like to get my greens on the go. I don't want to compromise on quality. I want to get organic. I want non-GMO. I want all the things. And my favorite product from Organifi will never cease to be the green juice. And now they have a green apple flavor, which kicks ass. I think I can say that. But it kicks ass. It's so good. And it's so easy. You just take a glass of water, take a scoop of green juice, or you take the travel packs. They're great to travel with. 
you open it up, you put it in the water, you mix it, and then bam, you've got a green juice without the mess, without all that stuff, and you're getting all the nutrients that all these superfoods that are in the green juice provide. So go check it out. Go to Organifi.com slash create the love and you save 20% at checkout. So that's O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I.com slash create the love. And they have tons of amazing products. So go check it out and go save 20%. And so there's this process of liberation that fucking occurs that's so powerful that occurs when you finally say something that is truthful for you. And you don't have to start with the most extreme thing, right? And don't start with your mom. Everybody thinks, I got to have that conversation with your mom. Your mom is the ultimate trigger. Your mom is the ultimate, like, you got to think this is where attunement was supposed to be. This is like, that's where most of the original stuff that we explore, which is not to blame moms. Moms are the best and they're all doing their best, but we're all taught how to be. And that just follows down the inherited tree, right? Like when you look how you show up to relationship, just look up your family tree. If you've never seen someone work through conflict build deeper intimacy after it, only seen aggression or see no one. I have a friend who was like, my family was amazing. There was never conflict. I was like, oh shit. So you're taught that conflict's not okay. Everything was about having a brave face. And so you've got, we must start to think about how all these things affect us, not just on a literal level of how my mind works and what I believe is possible. Because if you've never seen deep, expansive love that that is mind shattering outside of the notebook, because let's be honest, that's a pretty awesome movie. But if you've never seen it outside of that, how would you know how to create it? And how would you know it exists, right? Like I hear so many people when I ask them at the core of what is holding them back, not just from the relationship they want, because that's the stuff that really motivates us is how we show up in relationships, but what they want from their life. It's always something a belief that was given to them, not their own fucking belief, a belief that they inherited usually from their family tree. And usually, you know, I remember when I want to leave my job as a pharmaceutical rep, that's a whole other can of worms. But when I want to leave a job as that, I remember telling my dad, hey, I'm super excited to pursue this writing about relationships. And my dad said to me, why don't you just take a leave of absence from your job? Now, granted, his intention was from a place of love. He doesn't want me to fail. He doesn't want me, but, but his limited belief about what is possible for me in my life was in that moment, the option I could inherit it or not. And I said to him, dad, that's like saying, I don't believe in myself. Like, fuck that. I can get another job, but I've got to do this. There's a calling from the soul, you know, for whatever it is that lights you up. And I remember talking to my friend, John Morrow, and he said to me, if you want to find what matters to you, find what breaks your heart. And it could be your own heart about what has occurred in your life, you know, but ultimately what we have, we become is the teachers we needed. You know, we become the teachers we needed. We learn the things through take, because if you walk a path, no one's walk, you're taking a lot of sticks to the face. Let's be honest. And they're not fun, but If you can teach how to dodge those sticks, and if you could teach how to embrace those sticks too, because you're going to learn from them. Every time you get smashed, you have a deep learning opportunity. Every time you get triggered, you have a deep learning opportunity. I have people who will say, I thought I was healed, but I got triggered the other day. 
that's not healing. Healing is not getting rid of triggers. Triggers are warning signs. Triggers are these beautiful radars that say, hey, when the world has looked like this, or I've felt like this, or my body has, or that person has had this energy or this face or whatever it is, it has led to betrayal, pain, abuse, trauma, whatever it might be. And so the trigger is like, pay attention. The wound is like, let's eat this fucking trigger for breakfast. And that either means I'm going to attack or I'm going to withdraw or I'm going to fawn, whatever I'm going to do. But that's a pre-programmed response that you likely inherited and also observed as a child. And again, adaptive, it got your needs met, but it doesn't, today it doesn't help in terms of leading to not just a deeper connection with other people, but with yourself. Because below the wound, below the trigger, is some sort of space that you haven't explored yet, right? The healing of a trigger is actually when you take responsibility, you observe it, you acknowledge it, and you respond from it, you don't react from it. That is a totally different world. Reacting from a wound or reacting from a trigger is something that is still unhealed. And you got to think about this, right? Like in the trigger is a hypersensitive ability to observe something a wound usually, and you can think about this, like in the chat, I'd love to see the answer to the question. What is it that you most wanted as a child and didn't get? What is it that you most wanted as a child and didn't get? It's usually things like to belong, safety, presence, my father, but what did you need from your father? Presence, to be seen, belonging, wholeness. What does wholeness mean? Wholeness is abstract. What does it mean for you? Belonging, attention, feeling heard, feeling prioritized, feeling important, emotional support and education, right? And do you see that? Like at the core of whatever it is that you wanted most as a child and didn't get is likely your most sensitive trigger. And how you respond to that trigger is also likely your partners or the people you're attracted to's most sensitive trigger. That's the mind fuck of love is you will likely be attracted to someone who doesn't give you that thing. Isn't that fucked up? I know it's fucked up, but really ultimately, and we likely don't give our partner the thing that they're most triggered about, right? But, or we get too much of it. So if we didn't have anyone around when we were a kid, we might be like, well, then I'm just going to be attracted to people who are smothering. Well, that doesn't fucking work out, does it? No, that's fucking annoying, right? Because the balance is between, right? How do we negotiate space? Some people need too much space. So because they're afraid if I get too close to you, you're going to hurt me. And other people need no space, space, they chase, right? So really when we're in relationship, we're relating to the space between us and another person. This is really important to observe because you might have learned about attachment style and then you heard, oh, I'm anxious or I'm avoidant or I'm whatever, or I'm codependent or whatever it is. But it's like really ultimately you're learning how to increase your capacity for either space or a lack thereof. And you're trying to change the story of what space or a lack thereof means for you, right? When the story was created, the trigger or the wound, what happens there is you didn't have the skill set to actually decide what that space looks like. You didn't have boundaries because likely no one taught them to you. You didn't maybe use your voice other than maybe being angry, which just makes you significant, but it doesn't make you hurt, right? It might make people listen, but they won't respect you, right? So you learn as a kid, as a kid, you don't learn any of these ways to get attunement. 
You don't learn how to actually get your parent to pay attention to you, especially if you're not, if you don't have words yet, right? Like a lot of our grief or a lot of our pain can be pre-verbal. So how do we walk through all this? Okay, because I, you know, I went off on a, sometimes I do that, it happens. So I want to talk about what expansion requires, and this is going to be a bit of an inversion of how you might normally think about it. It's expansion requires containment. That sounds weird, doesn't it? Expansion as a process ex- requires containment as a sacred space. Okay, so what does that mean, Mark? Because that's a bunch of boobly-googly existential bullshit. Stay with me. It's like the idea that liberation can come through limitation and discipline, right? So the container, let's think about it in the space of a caterpillar. Caterpillar's walking around, doing his thing. I think they eat leaves and shit, right? So there's some pretty crazy looking caterpillars. The caterpillar at that moment doesn't know like, shit, I got this potential. I could fly like these fuckers up in the air. I could do that kind of shit. But they're not thinking that. They're not like, oh, I wish I had wings and could fly and it could be considered beautiful. I walk on the ground here and people just step on my shit. And then they're mad that I got my gooey guts on their fucking shoe because these assholes don't look down when they're walking because they're looking at their fucking phone. And so they just walk all over life with no fucking any attention. That's a whole other subject again. So Caterpillar's walking around, maybe wishes he has wings because us assholes stand on him. But he's walking around and he's like, I eat leaves and that's my job. All of a sudden, something happens. Maybe he has an awareness. Maybe the universe is like, yo, get into this container, the cocoon. And the cocoon, like, you got to think about this. They're in the cocoon. They have never, they have no consciousness of what the fuck is happening. Could you imagine walking through that? Like, all of a sudden you're like, well, I guess I'm just going to sit here and spin some webs around my shit and start decomposing. Like, they're basically like, I'm going to die, right? And this is not really any different than any time you're invited into your own expansion. So they're sitting there. Fucking shit is melting. Like, let's be honest. What's going on in the goddamn cocoon is like their fucking arms are changing. Their body's changing. They actually don't know that they're becoming a butterfly. Remember this. They have no fucking clue. But evolution does and the universe does, right? And they emerge and they are this still beautiful, just different beautiful, right? Because most of us equate a butterfly as beautiful, but it's all beautiful. And they are all of a sudden flying and they're like, holy fuck. Wow. I didn't know this was possible. Right. And then maybe they look down at caterpillars and they're like, yo, man, you have no idea. Right. Like you have no idea. And and when we've stepped to a different ability, right. To, to have boundaries, to use our voice, which Don't shame yourself for not having them. Like you learn not to have them. Your voice might have led you to get hurt when you were young, right? Like to actually hear it is why you speak. You don't speak now in order for people to affirm what you say. The affirmation comes through the expression. You're affirming what you fucking say. You know, it's like when you share a boundary with someone, they're like, I don't like that boundary. And you're like, well, I guess it's gone then. Like they didn't like the boundary. Oh, even though they've been walking all over my ass for the last year. So you're like, oh, okay, well, I'm going to, I'm going to lay this boundary down. If they don't like it, that's okay. That's not a sign. The boundary's bad. That actually might be a good indicator. The boundary's awesome. So 
the other point that I just want to make before I get back into containment is that when you start to speak and shake systems and not just systems, but also yourself, you are becoming the butterfly. You just don't know it. And you might be like, they didn't like it. That's the cocoon, man. That's the caterpillar. Like my arm's gone. What the fuck do I do? I, I needed that fucking arm. But you don't know what's emerging. Now, the other thing that's going on that is a really interesting process is if I'm using my voice for the first time in order to express because I will no longer tolerate whatever the circumstances are, and there's a lot of those right now, it's like I'm starting to belong to myself. If I needed other people to agree with me in order for me to be loved, then that means that my belonging and my worth came from their reaction to my expression. But when I'm starting to express from a place of truth, I'm starting to actually build a foundation and a space that says, I belong to me. I am the source of my worth. I determine how I feel about me. Now, there's two things that are born from that. One, grief and likely rage that you've never given that to yourself. That's healthy and that's normal. Channel that energy into more expansion. Use that. Don't hate the fuckers who taught you it right? Because you're just being taught it. If you hate the fuckers who taught you it, then you're not going to pay attention, right? You're going to reject the lesson. But the more you grow into it and the more you expand, the more you'll be grateful for the lesson. And the second thing that occurs, which I'm not really sure now, because I kind of forget because I was speaking too much. It happens. If there was a word Olympics, I think I'd win for verbosity, not always quality. Um, Yes, the second thing that happens, and I might have already said it, is that you become, oh man, you become so secure in your own body because of one of the most beautiful things that you might have always been seeking. And it is that you recognize that you have your own back. That is honestly one of the most beautiful things in the world is to know that you have your own back that you have got you always. Just like feel that. Man, because what that does, and Bethany used that word, that makes you sovereign. That makes you sovereign. I don't need you to complete me. I'm fucking complete. I don't need you to love me, so I love me. I love me. But we can share a love in a container that we create together. So let's think about that container. One, you don't always get to choose that you enter the container. The universe is going to kick your ass into the container. It's going to take a cosmic two by four, smash you across the fucking head and say, you better wake the fuck up and pay attention and listen and learn how to use your voice. This is what happens when you don't have boundaries. Bam. And then you're like, I better learn some boundaries. Or you're like, I better get fucked up and drink and listen to, I don't know, Drake or whoever you might listen to. Smash it with some shitty Chardonnay. That will not heal it because the two by four is coming back. And you know what? It's not even a two by four anymore. It's a fucking dump truck. And you don't want the existential dump truck. I've had it. It fucking sucks. It hurts. And who here in the chat has had an existential dump truck on your fucking head? Right? Me, me. Yes, yes, yes. Did you get nudges before that moment that there was a dump truck coming for your fucking head? Did you get a two by four before that? Did you get actually a little intuitive hit that said, hey, maybe I should. But then you went to some other shit. I don't want to insult them, but some other fucking person. And you're like, 
hey, what do you think about this? Should I have this conversation? Should I do this? And they said, nah, stay small because I'm small over here and I, your big life scares me. So your big love scares me. So I'm just going to tell you to stay small too because I need you to be a reflection of my limiting beliefs and my smallness. So stay fucking small. Shut the fuck up. And then what happens, right? Dump truck comes for your ass. And you might actually be like, why did I go to them? That's the most important thing is that you learn to become the authority over your own life. Right. Like if you're always asking other people for advice, eventually you need someone who says, I'm not fucking telling you, like, make up your own goddamn mind. What answer do you hope I give you? Do you hope it's the one that validates your smallness? Because I'm not fucking giving you that. Never. You already know the fucking answer. You already know what you need to do. You going out and chasing the answer, you're just looking for some other answer than what you know, just so you can continue to stay in an ambivalent state and not actually step towards your expansion. So you might not get to choose to enter the container. You can also choose to. Now, the first time, usually you don't get to choose and you have to, you have to enter it. That's important. You have to accept the invitation. And if you don't accept the invitation, it's coming for you. And... What you're afraid of that's in it is actually just more of you. Do you see that? What you're afraid is in the invitation is just you. It's just beautiful. There's probably grief. There's probably sadness. There's probably unattuned or unattended to parts of yourself. But you know, Francis Weller, one of my favorite teachers, he says that the soul likes to dwell in the darkness. Isn't that so true? And we've like been taught that it's all about find the light, love and light, all that kind of stuff. No offense if you sign off on that with emails. Great choice. But you think about that. It's like we've coded that unless you're happy all the fucking time, there's something wrong with you. You actually need to go get a drug from your doctor if you're sad or depressed. Uh, Well, what happens if your environment's depressing? What happens if the future is anxious? What happens if there's nothing wrong with you, but there's actually something right with you, right? And I'm not shaming if you take that. There's certainly a place for it. But I'm like, what happens if you were taught that it was all about the good? And I'm saying there's actually so much wisdom in grief. There's so much wisdom in it. And I don't have many minutes left. So let me just rattle off what I make sure I need to say. You have to accept the invitation. If you want your relationship and your life to be a place where you learn and grow and become, then you have to treat it as sacred, as it is. You have to treat it as sacred. You are sacred. If you don't treat yourself with reverence and sacredness, you will want to get fucking smashed. You'll want to do drugs. And as Gabor says, the wrong question is why the addiction, the right question is why the pain. And so ultimately, You have to get sober from everything that pulls you away from who you actually are. Everything that distracts you from unattended parts of yourself. Love does that. Love is the ultimate container. It is always a container. Your partners might change, but the experience of love is liberating. Love demands that you tell the truth, always. Love demands that you tell the truth. If you do not tell the truth, you are not in reverence with love. You're not in integrity with it. So you think about this. We have been taught that a relationship is successful if it lasts 75 years. It doesn't matter if you hate your partner. As long as you stay together, good fucking work, right? 
So if you've been taught that being together or being in a relationship is ultimate, the ultimate indicator of your success, then would you ever have conversations that might break them up? Would you ever leave them? If the relationship requires that you wear a mask and your partner does too, because if you're wearing one, so are they, then it's not actually in dedicated to the truth. It's committed till death to us part, but I'd say what death? Your mortal death or the death of the part of you that entered the relationship and thought that you needed to wear a mask. So when you tell the truth, as Glennon Doyle says, there is no such thing as one-way liberation. When you are liberated, they are too. They just might not know it yet. Like when someone broke up with you and you were devastated, remember, if the relationship's not for them, it's not for you. And so you get to see every invitation in your life, every single fuck up, every single two by four, every single dump truck as an invitation to the container to transform who you are and become everything. And that is honoring your life. That is liberation. That is expansion. That is permission to evolve. You got to take it though, and you have to make it. And that's really it. And so I say this with so much love for all of you because I've had a lot of two by fours and often I waited to make the choice. You know, we usually wait till we have to change instead of choosing to change. You can choose to change the moment you sense that you are out of alignment with what is sacred and what is you and what your values are. And if you build reverence and sacredness for yourself, you'll no longer want to stamp on caterpillars. If you do that, you're an asshole. And you'll also have reverence for the planet and want to fight for it. You can't have one without the other. It's all of it. So anyways, I believe that's my time. Much love. Thanks so much for tuning in to today's episode. If this episode resonated with you, one of the best ways to support the show is to go subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss any more. Leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to it, or share the episode with your community on Instagram or whatever social place you like to hang out. This helps get it into more people's ears, and I'm so grateful for your support, always. Thanks again for tuning in. Much love.